Live from the Robinson Auto Group Studios in the heart of the Ohio Valley, this is the Watchdog Morning Show with Howard Monroe. Well, it's a good day for singing the song, and it's a good day for moving along. Yes, it's a good day. How could anything go wrong? A good day from morning to night. How are you? How are you? How are you? How are you? Welcome to a good day, a good morning here on the Watchdog Morning Show, 710, 10 minutes after the hours. We get underway for a Thursday, 57 degrees, Wheeling, Ohio County Airport, 57 degrees at the Highlands. A little bit warmer in my backyard in Elm Grove, 60 degrees and 57 here at the Robinson Auto Group Studios, downtown Wheeling, in the heart of the Ohio Valley. Uh, Adam phrases it this way, uh, Bob, fall-like weather for the day today. Did you feel like fall outside this morning? Well, I did this morning, Howard. I uh, wore a a sweatshirt this morning. So, yes, I like that. I really, really like that. Now, I've already taken my sweatshirt off, but that's okay. (laughs) You know, as as it warms up through the day, you lose a sweatshirt and you – but I'm I'm, I'm ready for fall, Howard. I am ready. Fall-like weather. That's the way Adam describes it. A few clouds early this morning and clear skies most of the day. High today, eh, mid-70s or so. Let's call it 75. Four, something like that. Uh, tomorrow, pretty much blue skies and sunshine all day long, moving up a little bit to the upper 70s for Friday, and then low 80s with lots of sunshine on Saturday and into the weekend. So uh, Adam's by, hopefully, uh, a little bit later on with the full forecast for us here on the Watchdog Morning Show. Things are still pretty uh, verstunked down in uh, Florida, Georgia, the Carolinas. Things. Uh, Hurricane Adelia has moved through Florida. Uh, and I've got a list of the, the records that they broke in Florida yesterday. I'll get to that in a second. Uh, then they, they had a the, the hurricane was pretty devastating in Georgia, I understand it. And I think now it's in the Carolinas. Can you see that on your tube? Uh, you're watching TV. I can't see the TV. Does it, I think it's in the Carolinas now. All they keep showing here, Howard, is uh, the aftermath at uh, Florida. It's kind of like the calm after the storm. Uh, I, I haven't seen anything where the, where the actual storm is now. And I'm a little bit behind on this. I'll openly admit this. But the last time I heard them talk about a track, I mentioned this yesterday, and then it changed a bit during the day. But by last night, I heard, I think it was CNN again, they were talking about the hurricane. Idalia was going to you know, go up the coast uh, of Florida and then uh, through the Georgia, the Carolinas, eventually out to sea, and then might circle back and come up the, the other coast of Florida. Yeah, can't, can't get away from it. So, you know, a double whammy could be coming. Hurricane Adalia has made history in a number of different ways, though. First of all, maximum winds of 125 miles an hour, making Idalia the strongest hurricane to make landfall in that section of Florida in more than 125 years. First major hurricane on record to track through the uh, Appalachian Bay, which is part of where the whole thing went through. Uh, The last time there was a Cat 3 in this area was 1896, so they're not particularly used to it. The storm surge, surge, the... Man, I couldn't say it yesterday. I can't say it again today. The storm surge was record-breaking in the entire Florida area where Adelia was. More than eight feet in Cedar Cay, Florida, uh, a storm surge. Previous high water level had been six feet, so it's it's the water surge was just above everybody. Uh, same thing true in Tampa Bay, Clearwater Beach, uh, and other places. The National Weather Service in Tallahassee issued two extreme wind warnings yesterday morning. Now you say, okay, what's the big deal about that? 
they have only issued, in all of history, 27 of these warnings. In all of the National Weather Service history, they've only issued 27 extreme wind warnings, but they issued them yesterday. Another one of the records that they're breaking with Nadalia is uh, it went through rapid intensification. You know, it started out as a tropical storm, just picked up steam. Uh, literally, I guess it picks up steam, picks up the hot water, and ends up um, becoming uh, a cat. I, did, did it ever get to Cat 4? Do you, do you know? I, I think well, it I, did. I think in the morning they 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 said did. that, but then they backed off. And what I read uh, this morning, Howard, they they uh, they all refer to it as a Category Three. Yeah. Okay. But it did. I'm looking here now. Adalia was a Cat One hurricane early Tuesday morning. By Wednesday, it was a and I quote monstrous Category Four. I think you're right. I think it's down to a Cat Three now, and it may be out to sea now. I got to check the again. I want to. I openly admit I haven't checked the track for a while, but. I've been uh, skating the Dow here, Howard. I went to CNN. I went to uh, Fox, and uh, they're not really saying much. So I, now I'm, I got the Weather Channel on, and there is a commercial. So I don't know what's going on. Is Jim Katori there? Is, is he out there in that storm? He's, he's the guy they always send to the hurricane. That's what so. I'm thinking. So I'm hoping we'll get a live uh, report here on the Weather Channel. All right. So that's uh, But anyways, it's, it has been a record-breaking storm uh, in all of those different ways that I mentioned. So strongest in more than 125 years. One of only 27 extreme wind warnings ever issued in all of history. Highest storm surge ever seen in that area. Um, just, it's a doozy. As a beachgoer, a former beachgoer, I always enjoyed a one-day storm. Yeah. You know, let, let it one day, I don't want my whole vacation ruined. And also, the storm is different than... Hurricane. Yeah, storm. Keep it in a storm. Everybody can hunker down for one day. But I always enjoyed what it did to the ocean the next day, Howard. You know, it would churn up all this stuff. Yeah. You know, the high tide would push all this stuff in. I just thought it was fascinating. I, I have always said, and I think I said on the air one day this week, I want to be careful how I phrase this because people die in hurricanes. And I don't want to be caught in a hurricane. But I, I've always had the romantic f uh, vision of being stuck in a beach area with a severe storm, maybe not a hurricane, the winds are whipping around, you're safe inside, you know, and, and, and maybe even the lights go out and you've got candles. And, but it, it's all cool. You know, nobody gets hurt. No buildings get torn down. Uh, that's not a hurricane. That's certainly not Hurricane Adelia that um, they've had. And as you pointed out yesterday, sir, this is just the beginning of the hurricane season. Yeah. So, uh Hope for the best. Happy doodle for you to one down in there in Florida. <laughs> so there you go. Might want to stay north. Not too far, not nearly that far down uh, south. Peyton City's water still not usable. State public health officials reminding residents and city officials the water cannot be consumed or used. It is still contaminated. In fact, the inc there's an increase in those PCEs. Tetro. Ah, it's going up. Yeah, isn't that good? Isn't that good? Uh, the new amended order notes the city must continue to provide an alternative source of drinking water for the citizens until the state has lifted their do-not-consume notice. So, Payton City, sorry for you folks. You're still going to be not able to use your, your water. And they're still going on with their big shindig on Labor Day, Howard. So they're yes. saying to hell with it. Just don't drink the water, but we're still going to have our parade. Yeah, come on down. Don't, uh, don't take a bath while you're down here, but, uh, but you can go there. It is a 717 here on the Watchdog Morning Show. All right, we had a st yesterday was kind of a weird day. All the things I planned to get into went off the rails. Um, and part of the reason was because of a story that Mr. Slider told us about the shooting in Chicago 
which we'd heard about a couple of days ago, where two women got shot while at a game, and it sounded a terrible thing. And then we discovered that it was actually one of the women who brought the gun herself, concealed in her belly fat, in her belly fat. Kind of got us off topic quite a good bit yesterday. But Mike Pushkin, the state Democratic Party chair, was on the line with us while we were talking about that. And he said, uh, reminds me of, and now I don't have her name here, it's my fault. He said, reminds me of, I think it's Danielle Clouser, he said, which was a delegate. Uh, and I didn't quite know what he was talking about. I, honestly, I thought maybe he meant she was a great big fatso. But she isn't. She He sent me a video of her, Bob. She actually a very, very attractive, petite young business looking woman it was a video of this woman uh in a uh, it's kind of a business suit short skirt you know and just a blouse and so on and she was showing women how you can conceal carry without looking like you're concealing carrying still looking very feminine she stood in front of this crowd and i thought okay well she's she's an attractive just an attractive little woman all right skirt dress whatever you skirt blouse what have you and then she began one by one to pull the guns out. She had guns under her arm, under her left arm, under her right arm. She had uh, thigh holsters she pulled out of the left side, out of the Where'd right side. Where'd she keep side. that Dillinger at, Howard? Both sides of the... By the time she was done, and you would, not have, you would not have seen, you could not have told she had any weapons at all. She just, I mean, if she walked into the room right now, you'd just say, hey, I know what you would think. you go, oh, she's pretty, pretty sharp. Let me look for that gun. That's what I'd be saying. Yes, yes. By the time she was done, over 15 guns. What? Over 15 guns she had hidden on her. And the point she was making was it was for women to say, look, you you can conceal carry and not feel like you're having to wear a muumuu to cover everything up. So Mike's comment, of course, was maybe she, maybe she should have had a belly fat to, <laughs> to her concealed carry uh, presentation. But it was really interesting. Uh, there is a YouTube video of it. Um, and I'm an idiot. I printed out parts of this, but not her name. I think Danielle Clouser, but I could be wrong about that. So, But there's a video for her. It's really interesting just to watch her just one by And when you think she can't have any more guns hidden on her, where are they? Then she pulls another one out. Well, Howard, I haven't seen uh, a new video yet, but there is new developments uh, on that story out of oh, Chicago. No, please don't so uh, make sure you're listening to Slatter on Sports uh, towards the end of the hour. Uh, new developments. The belly from fat the story will continue here on the Watchdog Morning Show. Now, on the serious front, here are some things we're getting into today. The WVU reorganization controversy continues. We'll look what the faculty is still saying. Local residents gathered last night to talk about their vision for WVU. What did they have to say? I'll share some of that with you. Ohio County Delegate Sean Fluarty was on was in that meeting last night. He's coming in with us to offer some of his thoughts on this and his general thoughts about what's happening at WVU. Uh, at the same time, I find this hilarious. At the Chamber of Commerce uh, annual banquet at the Greenbrier yesterday, uh, e. Gordon Gee and Brad Smith, uh, WVU and Marshall University, uh, announced a big plan to help keep their graduates in the state. I, I, all I can do is laugh at that. The legislature does everything they can to drive people, young people, out of the state. WVU is 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 irritating their own students by these reformations they're making. But they're, they have a new plan. They call it uh, First Ascent West Virginia designed to keep young people in the state. I'll tell you about that coming up a little bit later on this morning. Senator Manchin and his daughter, you remember Heather Bresch, right? I remember her. She's a bit of a connection to WVU. Well, sort of. Yeah, there's a connection. <laughs> she, she and he are reportedly pitching donors 
to create a new centrist political group. Now, no one is sure. Are they trying to create a political party? Are they trying to, you know, just get a donor base that they can contribute to centrist candidates? But they're out raising money, so we'll talk about that. Yeah, I got some bad news for Heather right off the start. At one time, you might have been able to saddle up to your daddy's name. I think that ship has sailed. Also today, Frank O'Brien coming in. The Wheeling Downtowners, we talked about earlier this week, the Wheeling Inn, if you will, started construction this week in 1962, and this week in 2023, proposals went out for tearing it down and filling its space. Frank will talk to us about that and more about his vision of uh, downtown Wheeling. As we continue the conversation, Bob and I started several days ago, what's your vision for downtown Wheeling as the streetscape is done and we begin to move forward? What do you see downtown being? Frank is a key player in that, and he will talk to us about that coming up later this morning on the Watchdog Morning Show. All right, 722, 22 after the hour. We might still have a few morning clouds floating around, but otherwise clear skies. Temperatures in the mid-70s today. Right now it's cool. 57 at the airport, 57 at the Highlands, 60 in Elm Grove, and 57 here at the Robinson Auto Group Studios, downtown Wheeling in the heart of the Ohio Valley. is the Ohio Valley's top spot for shopping, dining, and entertainment, too. Play a round of simulated golf at the Four Seasons course. Grab a movie with family or friends at the Marquee Cinemas, featuring 14 screens of the hottest new movies in all digital and 3D. Plus, special promotions like Flashback Cinema. Or visit the Highlands Sports Complex with turf, courts, climbing wall, and an arcade. Shopping, dining, and entertainment. Just off I-70 at the top of the hill, the Highlands. Turn that radio dial and walk in because the guys from the Pine Room Podcast come right here to the Watchdog with a new, extended, and revamped show. Adding six more hours into the week, join the guys from the Pine Room Podcast every Tuesdays and Thursdays from 12 noon to 3 o'clock to talk local, national, and global sports, news, pop culture, and everything in between. The Pine Room Podcast, right here on the Watchdog. Why? Just think about it. Why is the number one selling brand of chainsaws not sold at Lowe's or the Home Depot? We can give you over 10,000 reasons. That's how many authorized local steel dealers you can find across the country. Visit one and you'll find a range of dependable gas and battery powered tools from trimmers to blowers. And you'll find service from experienced professionals. Real steel. Find yours at steelusa.com. Lowe's and Home Depot are trademarks of their respective companies. Information, interviews, debates, and discussion, plus an occasional rant. With Bob Slider behind the board, this is the Watchdog Morning Show with Howard Monroe. Against you, girl, get back in bed. 
feel lucky punk do you 725 25 after the hour here watchdog morning show for a thursday uh being a thursday it's time for the donnie gilbert radio show coming up today at noon noon to three donnie gilbert will be here and among other things we will get uh, maybe a first-hand description of how the frank fest went this weekend big fundraiser held for uh uh, his brother uh, donnie's brother frank which uh, by all uh, accounts bob was a wildly successful event huge success uh and i'll be really curious to hear more about it coming up today on the donnie gilbert radio show also nelson croft is in with the annual the uh, weekly pet of the week i guess it pet of the week would be weekly so that was kind of redundant uh with the pet of the week from the ohio county animal shelter uh frank o'brien who's going to be with us at uh, nine o'clock is going to be with donnie at one o'clock maybe he's sticking around maybe he wanted to have lunch with donnie i don't know Feel free, Frank. I got the couch in there if you just want to hang out, you know, maybe just uh, get a nap in before Donnie's show. And no plenty problem. of sports talk coming up today, too. Donnie Gilbert Radio Show today from noon to 3 every Thursday here on The Watchdog. This is because on Fridays, the Pine Room guys are here with their live broadcast every Friday during football from one of the local Gumby locations. This week, as John Marshall uh, kicks off their home opener, uh, they'll, uh, the, the uh, Gumby's broadcast will be at... The Gumby's on Walmart Drive, right there, uh, almost beside Walmart. Uh, Walmart Drive goes between them. The guys will be set up there Friday from noon to 3, Howard. All right, stop by and visit them. Uh, grab yourself uh, something from Hump Gumby's and say howdy to uh, all the guys from the Pine Room. 727 here on the Watchdog Morning Show. You've been taking an eye at uh, the hurricane track? Yes, Howard, more success with the Weather Channel. It appears that the storm has just went past the Wilmington, North Carolina uh, area. Are uh, you familiar with Wilmington? I am, yes. My son was just down there a couple weeks ago, so he dodged the bullet there. And to me, this thing is going to have to be wackier than the magic bullet in the Kennedy assassination. <laughs> if there's any chance this thing has to go back, I mean, it'd have to drop and then veer to the to the left, go inward. So, man, I, I don't know, Howard. It looks like it's heading north, heading our way. Well, well, we'll check with Adam on that later on this morning. If it if it continues, but again, one of the tracks takes it back. Once it gets up through the Carolinas, it sw- swings back out to sea, goes out, goes back out to the ocean, and then circles once, around. Once it's out there, it circles around and comes back. And I believe, it, and again, don't don't like say Monroe said this, but I believe if I remember correctly, it, it went up the the left coast, if you will, the Gulf Coast, uh, this first time around. It may go up the ocean side the next time around. Watching it now, Howard, it's now in Norfolk, Virginia, and it looks like it's going to veer out to the ocean. So maybe it's getting ready to make that big turn that's, and that's, kind of say, hey, Florida, you ain't seen nothing that's, yet. That's what – now, again, I, uh, as, as Adam will tell us all the time, tracks are hard, hurricane tracks especially, and this one in particular, really hard to, to predict. But there are several now models that show it going out to the ocean, going pretty far out actually gaining steam out there it'll get bigger and bigger and bigger out there over the warm waters of the atlantic and then come back around again hello remember me here i am again so we'll keep an eye on that abc top of the hour every hour has all the details for you you want to stick around for that um i want to talk about joe manchin for a minute here democratic senator joe manchin and his daughter um heather brush one-time head of Mylan Pharmaceutical, she is um, retired from that position now, uh, are pitching wealthy political donors on the possibility of launching a centrist political group. 
the, the idea would be to focus on things like curbing federal spending, improving energy production, tightening border security, fighting crime. I, that's such a dumb thing. Okay, fighting crime and so on. Uh, this story has been reported first by the Wall Street Journal, then later picked up by uh, CBS News and some other folks. The, uh, but what, what is unclear is exactly what the point of this is. Manchin and his daughter raising money to, for this centrist group. Is it, uh, is, do they want to create a new political party? Is it just going to be a like a super PAC of some kind with a bunch of money which they can dole out to people they think are good centrist Democrats or Republicans, um, apparently they will announce some kind of plans for this in the future. And then what confuses me is Manchin's already tied in tightly with, he was one of the founders of No Labels, which is essentially a centrist organization to begin with. That's the group that is now considering running a third-party presidential candidate, and Manchin's name keeps popping up in that. But he's tied to the No Labels group. What, what, I don't understand why he's out there raising money for another centrist group. I just, I don't understand, and none of the articles I read, in fact, the articles I read said, oh, we don't know. Nobody seems to figure out why is he doing this? Why is he and Heather Brecht doing this? You know what I wrote down? Nope. Just in case. Okay. No other option? That's these. Let's just see what happens, but let's get ahead of the game. Let's Let's just, let's just see, just in case, but let's get these things out of here to make our, our, our message just a little bit stronger. I believe that Manchin is a centrist, a moderate, if you will, whatever word you want to use. Um, and he has lobbied hard for those positions. It irritates those of us on the Democrat side sometimes because he's a Democrat, and yet he still takes a lot of Republican positions. But his claim is, hey, both sides have good ideas and we need to work together. And I, I, I get that. I'm not sure he understands the hardcore Republican Party of today, which is different than the Repu Republican Party when he was governor, for example. Um, so, I, I mean, I believe that he really wants to see centrist ideas flourish, but why would he not just use the No Labels group? He was a founder. It's not just that he's being considered as a presidential candidate for them. He was a founder of that No Labels group, and the No Labels group is a group designed to be a centrist group. But don't you think he wants to keep it all in? So, so that's, when he that's, does come that's, out, that's, there's a big explosion. He doesn't want anything to trickle out just yet. Well, clearly that's – the. I mean – Apparently, they the Wall Street Journal learned that he's raising money, but they're not saying why. What they're going what they, what they're going to do with it? You know, maybe there's nothing strange and nefarious about it, but it just it, it, the whole thing. First place, just he with his daughter together politically. That seems, I don't know, a little weird. Just that just I mean that's okay. Not, but it just the whole thing just feels a little weird to me. That's a little off base to me. But maybe you're right. Maybe he's what'd you say? Just in case. Just in case. We're gonna see how things. Uh shake out here. You know, we still do not know if uh, he's going to run for re-election. Uh, is he going to maybe run uh, on the no-labels ticket for a president presidential uh, presidency? Maybe. Or is he going to have his own, the party of mansion? I mean, I don't know. Well, what, what are things shake out the way I think they're going to shake out? I think Trump and Biden won't be there. If that's the case, do the, the Democrats come knocking on the door, hat in hand, saying, Joe, you're our guy? Is that, is that ever a possibility, Howard? Well, anything's a possibility. Manchin has burned a lot of bridges with much of the Democratic Party. Now, he's kept a lot of bridges, too, and he's built some bridges. Um, I, I don't know that he would be a bad candidate, to be honest with you, for the Democrats. 
but I don't, I don't know that the party would – I don't know. You know, you've made this suggestion several times that if Trump is not in the race, and I think that is a very real possibility, that then Democrats will say, well, then we don't need Biden because Biden Biden's the guy that we know can beat Trump. But a lot of us, and when I say us, I'm raising my good old Democrat hand here. A lot of us really wish we had someone other than Joe Biden running. I'll vote for him, but I wish there was somebody else. So if, if Biden were to then have opposition or at that point would go, I tell you what, Trump's gone, so I'll just finish out my term and I'll let the younger folks take over. Um, I still don't know who would be the people to step forward. I just I don't know. This could be, 2024 could be, right now it looks like a very, very predictable election is going to be there. The presidential election will be a rerun of the last election. That's what it looks like. Trump, Biden, people love Trump, people hate Trump. That'll be the focal point of the election. That's what it looks like today, 734 here on the last day of August. By election time next year, that whole scenario could be completely 1,000% different. This is a weird, weird, weird worlds in which we live these days, Bob. Weird worlds. 734, 26 till the hour, Watchdog Morning Show. So coming up in the next half hour, Adam Fike will join us. He's got our Ohio Valley forecast for us. We'll take a look at the uh, hurricane track as well, see what he can bring us, uh, what info he can bring us on that. And you have a new belly fat story? There is new details, Howard. New details on belly fat. That's all coming up in the next half hour of the Watchdog Morning Show. Good Wednesday evening. I'm Steve Moore with your 7 Hello, it's John Kozik, founder and president of TurboTrack Realty, and I buy houses as is, fast for cash. Call me today for an all-cash offer on any of your properties, and we can close within days at 614-470-2000, 614-470-2000. Do you own a property that's outdated and needs thousands of dollars in repairs? Great, I'll buy it. Give us a call today for an all-cash offer at 614-470-2000, 614 614- for Would it be convenient for you if you could simply take what you wanted and leave the rest behind? Great, I'll buy it. I buy vacant properties, inherited homes, divorce situations, death in the family, apartment buildings, rental portfolios. I even buy my tenant won't pay me the rent houses. Call TurboTrack Realty today for an all-cash offer and speak with one of our friendly staff members at 614-470-2000, 614-470-2000. The world's leading manufacturer of metal closures has a key plant right here in our Ohio Valley. Technocap creates closures for food and beverages for health and beauty products with a commitment to safety, reliability, and sustainability. One of the largest solar panels in the state of West Virginia is installed over the roof of their Glendale facility. Technocap has been in Glendale for over 15 years and has a strong commitment to the Ohio Valley community. Technocap. Proud to be a supporter of OVAC athletics, including the John Marshall Monarchs and Wheeling Central's Maroon Knights. Plumbers and Steamfitters Local 83 want to thank the owners and contractors of the Ohio Valley for using their locally trained workers to help build for the future. Local 83 helps design, fabricate, and build the gas infrastructure for the oil and gas industry here in the Ohio Valley. Plumbers and Steamfitters Local 83 is 300 members strong and growing. They also do residential, commercial, and industrial work on both sides of the river. For more information, call Plumbers and Steamfitters Local 83 at 304-233-4445. 
Hi, Dave Wilson filling in for Hoppy Kirchival on Metro News Talk Line. On Monday's show, talk to WVU student Matthew Kolb, who says he's going to be directly impacted by the proposed program cuts. I was actually looking to um, go to graduate school for math here, but that is one of the programs that's up to be cut. So that would affect my decision on where to go to school. Now, the PhD math program here is the only one in the state. Catch us each weekday at 10.06 Metro News Talk Line on these Metro News radio stations. Good morning, I'm Rebecca Little with your 7 News headlines for Thursday, August 31st. 7 News spoke to longtime Tampa resident Dave Dixon, who lives in an area that was hit hard by Hurricane Adalia. Dixon's area was not ordered to be evacuated, but he says the last several years have been difficult for Florida's Gulf Coast. The dangerous Category 3 hurricane made landfall along Florida's Big Bend region yesterday, but the eye of the storm has already left the Sunshine State and has been downgraded to a tropical storm. And despite that, forecasters say the storm remains a threat. And the man accused of threatening Pittsburgh Tree of Life jury and witnesses will stay in jail. Judge Mazzone denied his release, saying he is a danger to the community. Hardy Carol Lloyd is charged with obstruction of justice, transmitting threats, and witness tampering. And a quick traffic update for you. 16th Street between Main Street and Market Street is set to reopen this afternoon. Market Street will remain closed to through traffic between 14th Street and 16th Street. will keep you updated if anything changes. And student loan interest resumes tomorrow after three-and-a-half-year pause due to COVID. This could add financial strain on many households. Makai Price with New River Community and Technical College says there are ways to plan ahead and assist with repayments. Meanwhile, the Wheeling Police Department has brought back its highly requested Citizens Police Academy after a four-year hiatus. For the next 13 weeks, people can do everything from meeting canine units to watching drone launches to being put in a shoot or don't shoot situation. And that was a look at your morning 7 News headlines. Have a great day, Ohio Valley. I'm Rebecca Little, working for you. Live and local. Every weekday. With 10,000 watts of total power. On WKKX and WVLY. This is the Watchdog Morning Show with Howard Monroe. I'll be home because you're working late. Honey, I'm no fool. You've been out on a date. Lipstick on your car. You're almost almost turning me into a country fan with all this bumper music we play on Thursdays, always country music. And I'm telling you, I'm starting to become a fan just by listening to the bumper music here. Not a boy, Howard. Maybe Adam's a country guy now also. Adam, are you a country music fan? Adam Fike is with us from the Big 7, WTRF-TV. Good morning, sir. Good morning. Howard, I'm a little bit of everything. Well, you're a little bit of country, a little bit of rock and roll. I'm a little bit of everything. My dad's in a country band, so I've grown up listening to. Now I'm going to say country, not modern country. That a boy. That a boy. Real country music. I know what you're saying. I Real know country saying. music, not stadium country music. No okay. offense to them; they're talented musicians, but that's not real country. <laughs> I think a lot of people around here would agree with you on that. I think a lot of people would think you're absolutely right. I mean, but yeah. I won't go out of my way to listen to it, but when I'm at my dad's gigs, 
I know all the words to every song that they play through the whole set for two hours. What's the name of his uh, band, Adam? The Eldorado Band. The Eldorado Band. They mainly played Pennsylvania when they were younger. When I was an infant, they played in Warwood quite a bit. Ah. But now that they're all in their 50s and 60s, they don't travel really outside the Wexford, Pittsburgh, Cranberry area. Is he a guitar picker? Okay, so my dad is what I call an unfair musician. He can pick up any instrument and within five minutes play it perfectly. I admire those. I admire those kind of people. I can, you know, I can't play any instrument, so I any anybody can play anything is uh, is better than I am. But I admire. I know folks like that who can just pick up anything and, and make it work. That's amazing. It's unfair. So I clearly did not get my musical abilities from my dad, but rather. <laughs> The love of science from my mom. <laughs> I was just going to ask you: Do you have you ever picked up the guitar? Or do you ever sing in the band? Did he, when you were when you were little tiny Adam, did he say, "And here's my boy Adam. He's going to help sing with us." You ever do that? <laughs> no. Um, <laughs> if I sing, I sound like a dying seal. Okay. <laughs> I right. play the drums and I can play bass. You don't want to hear me sing. I thought maybe there was like I can a, keep a beat. I can keep tempo. That's it. I thought maybe it was like a young budding uh, Brad Paisley, you know, for when you were when you were a young kid, and then you you shifted into a new new career. But I guess not. Music was not your thing, huh? Oh no 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 no! <laughs> you have to ask him, Adam, what what honky tonks or lounges they were playing in Warwood. I'm thinking maybe the M and K Howard, maybe b- back in that day. You there, know, I be- there were several of those. Honky tonk's good word to use uh, in Warwood that I used to hang out at from time to time. So I'm sure, Adam, there's still listeners out there who remember the El Dorado band. So that's awesome. Yeah, that's cool. That's absolutely neat. Uh, Adam, uh, before we get to Ohio Valley weather, let's talk about where is Hurricane Adelia right now? Do you know? I'm going to be completely honest. No, <laughs> but we can look at it together right now. Okay. <laughs> we, I've been trying to find out this morning when some of the online stuff, and I just couldn't quite see where it is. I know it went through a, a ravaged much of Florida, uh, went through Georgia, and that was pretty tough in Georgia and into the Carolinas. I don't know if it's still in the Carolinas, if it's going out to sea, if it's coming up this way. So if you can take a look, if it's too hard for you, I understand that. But um, I mean, at this point, it's starting to go off to sea. Yeah, they're still seeing showers for parts of the Carolinas, maybe into Virginia. But the majority of it is really off the coast at this point. Now, I have heard several reports suggest that one of the tracks, one of the possible tracks, is that it goes out to sea, gathers steam, and might come back to the coast again. Is, is that a possibility? As of right now, no. Okay. It looks like it's going to go out to sea and just continue to die out okay. and move further out to sea. Well, that would be good. It's it's been a pretty devastating storm. All the places it's hit so far mm-hmm. down in Florida, uh, I read a list of things that where it broke records for storm surge for uh, uh, all, all kinds of different uh, records broken by this storm. So, and am I right? This is just the beginning of the hurricane season, is it not? I mean, the beginning of hurricane season is June, so we still have through November. Right. So we should see how these last couple months go. Well, the way the way the weather in America has gone, I wouldn't be surprised if there aren't more hurricanes coming that could be could be intense. All right. Well, let's not talk about things far away. Oh, actually, Florida's not that far away. But let's talk about uh, what our weather is like. I see you use the phrase, or somebody used the phrase when they wrote the forecast online, "fall like." Today's going to be fall like. Does that sound reasonable to you? 
That's just what I've been saying pretty much all week. Yeah, like if you step outside, it's going to be sunny, so it's not going to feel cold. But it's few points in the 50s, so it feels refreshing. Plenty of sunshine, mid-70s today. So definitely get outside and enjoy it while it lasts because, unfortunately, we will see the return of the summer like heat. We're going to slowly work our way up the temperature scale over the next few days, right? Mid-70s today, upper 70s tomorrow, and so on? Yep, just like you said, slowly working our way up. Every day seems plenty of sunshine, no rain chances. So cloud cover really doesn't change over the next couple of days other than this morning, this afternoon. But today, mid-70s, tomorrow, upper 70s. Saturday is in the low 80s, but come Saturday, we'll see the return of the mugginess. So Saturday, two points below 60s, so feeling sticky, uncomfortable, temperatures above average in the low 80s. Sunday, mid-80s, we see the return of, once again, the muggy conditions. But Monday, though, is when we start to get hot. Most of us, upper 80s, couple spots in the low 90s. But by Tuesday and Wednesday, though, good chance that 90% of us will at least be at 90 degrees. Wow. So next week is going to be a hot week, starting off with Labor Day on Monday and then sticking into the 90s or around 90 at least uh, throughout the week. So, again, it's it's really a step up. Uh, Mid-70s today, upper 70s tomorrow, uh, into the 80s on Saturday, mid-80s on Sunday, and the 90s by Monday where we're likely to stick around. So just watch the temperature rise. So the fall-like the fall like phrase we're using today will fade away by certainly by next Monday, if nothing else. Oh, definitely by the end of tomorrow. <laughs> Yeah. Weekend is not going to be very fall-like. It's going to be very summery. I mean, it's still going to be nice. I mean, I'll gladly take sunshine rather than seven days in a row with storms, but that doesn't unfortunately come with the heat. Yeah, and it is, it is going to be hot. Uh, humidity going to be up? I can't. Yeah, humidity will be part of the, the problem for the beginning of next week too, right? Yep. Do, like I said, dew points in the six, low 60s over the weekend, but come Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, We'll see dew points in the upper 60s, so that's going to be in that very uncomfortable to miserable range. All right. All right. Sounds good. Appreciate your help with, uh, let's see, we had some musical conversation, hurricane conversation, and the Ohio Valley forecast. I mean, we packed a lot of in here into the uh, early morning weather chat with you, so I appreciate your time this morning as always, and we will wrap up the week tomorrow with you right here on the Watchdog Morning Show. Back to them. Thank you. Thanks a lot, Adam Fike, Big 7, WTRF TV, morning meteorologist. Every day we learn a little bit more about that boy's background. Howard, in the late 70s, early 80s, you might have been grooving to the tunes of El Dorado and you you didn't even know it. I could well have been. I had a couple of friends who were in a couple of the uh, bluegrass type bands during that era. And we would go and watch them perform. And I can think of several places in Moorwood. A couple of them, I can't even think of their names. But, yeah, so I wouldn't be a bit surprised. I, again, I I just turned 18, and it wasn't open uh, too much longer. But growing up, M&K Lounge was was a happening joint. Again, it was a little bit before my time, but they always had live entertainment. It was a nice nice getaway, a nice lounge. There was a little, um, a, a little bar, honky-tonk, you used the phrase. That's not a bad phrase. At the... At the um, north end of Warwood, past the inner, past where you go up to Clearview, it's just a little bit past there. I think the bar has been torn down. I noticed that when we went up to ball games that with uh, Teddy this year, uh, it was just a little bar. Lots of country and bluegrass bands played in there. And again, I had some friends who played in those bands, and we would uh, we would travel up there, uh, have a few brews, and watch them play. So I, I I can't think of the name of the bar, but 
Um, it's a small world, Howard. It is, isn't it? Inter- isn't it though? It's amazing uh, how many how many of the folks who've been guests on this show have crossed paths with the Upper Ohio Valley. You know, our friend Tom Scateri, every Tuesday, Pentagon reporter, but went to Washington Jefferson, right? He, he came out of Washington, Pennsylvania. Uh, we had a conversation with Mike Florio recently, a NBC big guy, big wig on NBC. Wheeling Central grad, um, just amazing. You know, you, you you start talking to people, and uh, there's a lot of times I have a guest on the show, Bob, that we don't talk about the connection. But when I schedule the guest, maybe it's uh, Professor Schmedley from Washington State, and in the conversation we have ahead of time, he'll go, "I grew up in St. Clairsville, Ohio." So it's just, I don't know. It, karma or something i guess it's 10 till the hour here on the watchdog morning show slider on sports coming up in a minute or two coming up in the next half hour uh, next hour we'll get into more of the wvu story meeting last night at the ohio county library for the general people here in the ohio valley to offer some thoughts on visions for wvu going into the future e gordon gee and brad smith smith of course from marshall university uh, talked about a vision for keeping students in the state i'm going to be honest i had to laugh when i read it because everything is being done by the legislature is to keep young people, to send them away. Uh, and certainly I don't think what Guy is doing at the university is going to keep kids in the state. Uh, but we'll talk about that. Sean Fluherty was among those at that meeting last night, the Ohio County Delegate. He's going to be with us coming up in the next half hour as well. So a lot of WVU talk coming up straight ahead here on the Watchdog Morning Show. But Mr. Slider has sports. That's coming up next. Sweet baby's arms, rolling in my sweet baby's arms. Lay around the shack till my mail train comes back. Rolling my sweet baby's arms. Now I, I want to remind you: be sure to patronize all those commercial sponsors you just heard, because you know that's what makes things fly here. And uh, so think about all those commercials you just heard a minute ago, and be sure to patronize. Uh, did, did we have any? Did I? I don't think I heard any commercials. They're still playing, Howard. You, just, still- can't, you just can't hear them. <laughs> it's, a, it's like a dog whistle. They're, 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 the, the, uh, the pitch is so high that the average ear can't hear them. But at any rate, <laughs> that's sort of an inside joke here, folks. It's, so uh, thanks, uh, special thanks to Mr. Roy Acuff for being on uh, standby there. <laughs> Had to go a little early, Roy. Thanks for jumping right in there. Eight till the hour here on the Watchdog Morning Show. We are a little early. Are you prepared, sir? I am prepared, Howard, I think. It is time now for Slider on Sports. Last night in Kansas City, Andre Jackson pitched two-hit ball into the sixth inning for his first major league win, leading the Pittsburgh Pirates to a 4-1 victory over the Kansas City Royals, completing a three-game sweep. Jackson struck out seven. That's a career high. He walked two in five and two-third innings. Jackson becomes the first Pirate pitcher to strike out the first five batters he faced to start the game since Bruce Keeson did it back in 1979. Brian Reynolds and Jack Swalinski homered for the Bucks. It was the first complete series sweep for Pittsburgh since June 29th when they swept the San Diego Padres. The Pirates now 61-73. and 
Kansas City was swept for the 12th time this season. This season. They stink. The 12th time that they have been swept, and they dropped a 41-94. and Pittsburgh off today. They begin a three-game series with the Cardinals in St. Louis on Friday. Here we go, Howard. Belly fat? A lawyer for the woman wounded in Chicago at a White Sox game says she didn't bring a gun into the ballpark. The woman, 42. What was that in her belly fat? Listen to this. This is where it gets interesting. The woman, 42, is a White Sox season ticket holder. The other woman, wounded, is 26. Chicago Public Schools has confirmed both women are school teachers. Yikes. The Chicago Police Department is treating this as an ongoing investigation. No charges have been brought at this time. They said we didn't bring a gun into the game. So maybe she did. All right. So what we know is these two women were shot. Yes. But nobody heard the that's shots. Really, that's nobody a period. After that, gun. we don't know anything, right? Nobody knows nothing. The gun, they said, where's the gun? Where was the gun? <laughs> so this is still an investigation. Did anybody feel inside the fat to see? And I didn't mention this, but I guess it is. You know, I guess the woman, the 42-year-old woman, is a card-carrying holder that, yes, she does carry a concealed weapon. But I guess you're just, that wouldn't prove anything in court, would it? You got to have the gun. Where's the gun? Well, <laughs> How did the gun get in here? And then where did the gun go? Then where did the story come from that it fell out of her belly and it went off? They, they're speculating because I guess, again, Howard, when the the bigger woman went through the metal detector, like it, it, it went woman. off. <laughs> but they thought that the guy before her tripped it off. They made her go through again. And then they waved her through. So there's a lot of speculation. There is videotape. But they're standing by their story. They believe the woman brought the gun in, and it fell out of her belly and discharged as she sat. But then where did it go? And she's just not a re- – she is a season ticket holder. She's a season – she's a, t- a teacher. Yes. A season ticket holder. Yes. And she has a concealed carry permit. Yes. And her friend is also a school teacher. And she's apparently very large. <laughs> Big woman. But, yeah, I mean, we might have more tomorrow – on this story, it is Thursday, so that means tomorrow is Football Friday. The Pine Room Boys, the Pine Room Podcast, will be live in Moundsville at the Gumby's on Walmart Drive from 12 to 3, kicking off John Marshall's home opener against Union Local. Discounts, giveaways tomorrow, stop by. That's at Walmart Drive in Moundsville from noon to 3. And today at 8.30 will be the return of the Mountaineer Report with Tony Caridi. So stand by for that at 8.30. We'll hear what uh, Tony has to say before that big Penn State game. Slider on Sports Time, 7.56. You know, I used to do a speech uh, when I would do Rotary Clubs and those kind of things. And I did a speech about journalism. And here was my recurring theme, which, which really applies to this belly fat story. I used to say, we do not tell you the truth. We only tell you what we know at any given moment in time. Point is that what I know today and I tell you today may be different when I learn things more tomorrow. There has been no greater story than this one that proves that point. The story we heard to begin with has morphed into a 
totally two or three different stories over the course of the past couple of days. But, but the vision of that story when it broke on Monday and then we talked about it yesterday and we're talking about it more today. But my vision was, OK, you got a couple ladies here new to the ballpark, not really baseball fans. Okay, what do they do? I don't know. They just showed up at this game. No, they're season ticket holders. And by the way, they're school teachers. And, and I, you know, as I said before, on the very first day, we talked about this, the image I had, and I was w- wondering why there wasn't greater concern in the ballpark, because I'm thinking like a sniper on the roof, you know. Like two, two young women are shot. They never stopped the ball game, Howard. See, that, you know, that always struck me as weird. And then we hear that, well, actually, the woman shot herself because the gun was in her belly fat and fell out and and ricocheted and hit her friend. And then, you're right, it's like the Kennedy bullet. Where is the gun now? You know, where's the gun? Or was there a gun? Well, it had to be a gun. The vendor did it, Howard. The vendor did it. (laughs) Hot dogs, yeah. Get your hot dogs, yeah. (laughs) Honest to goodness. A couple till the hour here on the Watchdog Morning Show. I came across this on social media yesterday, Bob. I'm sure you know this. In fact, I think you maybe told me this once before. Do you know who was once a part owner of the Pirates going back to 1946? Yeah, Bing Crosby. Absolutely. I, I did not know that. I, that was that was interesting to me. And I also know this. I don't think he had a biggest share with the Indians as Crosby had with the Pirates. Because I remember saying when the Pirates win the uh, World Series in, in 1960, I believe Bing Crosby is there in a celebration with the Galbraiths. But Bob Hope had a piece of the Cleveland Indians. Really? Okay. Again, I don't know how big a piece. Crosby had 15% of the stock at the time, 1946. Uh, From 46 until he died in in 77, he had uh, 46% of the stock. Um, Interesting, he also, Bing Crosby, also owned 5% of the stock of the Tigers at the same time. And um, the commissioner of baseball at the time, you really weren't allowed to have ownership in two different teams, but the commissioner of baseball at the time gave special permission to Bing Crosby to do that. So um, uh, I just found, I found that interesting. Came across that on social media yesterday. I figured you would you would know that sort of thing, but uh, Der Bingle. I wonder if he ever sang the Star Spangled Banner or anything, you know, to start the game. That's a good question, Howard. I don't know. Man, I think Bing was a little bit too big for that, Howard. You know, was, he was a team vice. What did I say he was? He was, he was a uh, big shot. He uh, he served the team as vice president. It wasn't like he was just a figurehead. He well, he's was, not going to perform, Howard. Why not? He's a, he's a performer. Why wouldn't he perform? Maybe, Maybe he did. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. All right, coming up next hour, a lot of WVU talk. Uh, Sean Fleur, are you going to join us, among other things? Uh, we'll talk about the the, uh, the Chamber of Commerce meeting yesterday where they, they came up with this plan to try to keep students staying in the state after graduation. I, I think a bit of that's a joke. We'll get into that. And also on the political front, Mitch McConnell froze up again yesterday. Another right in the middle of a press conference. He just, boom, froze up, stared into space. His uh, team came ahead to come over and lead him away once again. Um, I wish him well, but I think McConnell, this is twice now that's happened publicly. Bad things are going on there. 8 o'clock, Watchdog Morning Show, ABC covers the world. Rolling my sweet baby's arms. Rolling my sweet baby's arms. From ABC News, I'm Derek Dennis.